0: At the outset, nothing in this podcast should be interpreted as legal advice. Further, the views or opinions expressed in this podcast do not represent those of the university. Please email Campbell Reporter at email.campbell.edu for any media inquiries and third-party distributions. Welcome to the Campbell Law Reporter podcast. This legal podcast strives to expand Campbell University's mission to lead with purpose. By reporting with purpose, We hope to breathe new life into the dusty reporters on the shelves by reporting the content through captivating discussions. Our mission is to provide current and interesting reporting on legal topics affecting today's professionals. Listeners can expect to hear from various hosts throughout the year.
1: Welcome to this episode of Campbell Law Reporter. My name is Shannon Lackey, your host for today, and I'm joined by Morgan Cutright, the Director of Admissions here at Campbell Law. Today, Morgan and I will discuss what makes a great law school application essay, as well as some tips regarding the overall application process. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Shannon Lackey, and I'll be your host for this episode. And I am joined by Morgan Cutright, who is Campbell Law's very own Director of Admissions. Welcome, Morgan. Thank you. If you would like to take some time to introduce yourself and let our listeners know how you became involved in your current field, that'd be great. Congrats on your new position, by the
2: thank way. Thank you. Thank you. Morgan Cutright, Director of Admissions. I uh, went to Savannah Law School for law school. So I was in the actual first class which means we had to be hands on with everything. So I was really involved in the admissions process with uh, open houses, all kinds of different events that we held and kind of being in that position got me interested in admissions. I was one of the weird, rare law students who loved law school so much, I didn't want to leave. So this was kind of my loophole into staying in a law school atmosphere, except this time they pay me. (laughs) (laughs) The better part. (laughs) Yes.
1: Okay, so we're here today to talk about what makes a great law student application essay. And I think I kind of just want to start with the basics. And so that could include anything from formatting. Well, let's start with formatting. Do you have a preference in font size, font color, page orientation, double spacing, essay length? I mean, I know that there's a lot of schools that have their preferences kind of outlined for the students too, Mm -hmm. but at least in my research, I would look around and even blogs would advise like be different and stand out. So I want to kind of clear up for those that are listening, if that's a good idea, or if you should probably kind of like stay within the limitations of the school.
2: Yeah. So I think it's best to go by what each school says individually and their requirements because We're gonna be reading hundreds and sometimes thousands of applications. So it's easier for us if we're not getting a whole lot of differences. You will stand out if you decide to change up everything. So if you do single space instead of double space, if you uh, play with the margins, things like that, but it's not necessarily a good or a bad standing out. It's more of just, oh, this is gonna be a little bit more time consuming to read. So make it easy on us, follow the rules, do the double space do whatever standard each law school states. And it makes it a little bit quicker and easier for us to get to who you are without being distracted by the font size and things like that.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So less creativity and structure probably and let the words do all the talking is kind of what I'm gathering. Yes. Um, Okay, cool. Alrighty. Most people I've spoken to and this kind of pairs back with my personal experience, but struggle with the concept of talking about themselves and they don't want to come across like they're bragging and I'm so great and this is what I do. And I need to sell myself to this law school so they think that I can do what they want. So it's a me, me, me narrative. And I I understand that, like, again, anyone I talked to was like, yeah, I don't like to do that. And um, this is kind of frustrating. I, I want to kind of get in the middle ground there where I'm still able to convey, like, these are my skills. This is why I want to do it. This is why I want to be here without that kind of thing lingering in the back of their mind. So do you have any tips to avoid this perception and tell a law school student about themselves without kind of coming across that way?
2: Sure. Uh, no one likes to brag about themselves. Most people don't. I shouldn't say no one. <laughs> There's always exceptions to the rule. But, you know, this is your opportunity to tell us who you are that we can't see from the rest of your application. So you could... If you want to tell us you're a leader, that's great. If you were uh, president of a club or if you were head of your sorority or fraternity or whatever it may be. But just saying that I should go to law school because I'm a leader, because I've been a leader of these multiple organizations doesn't really give us a lot. That just tells us that you've held positions. That doesn't really tell us what those positions meant to you. So taking your experiences and giving more background and stories to them uh, speaks a little bit louder as to who you are and how these roles have had an impact on you. So for example, if you just say, I studied abroad in Italy and it was a phenomenal experience and I noticed that there was a lot of differences in laws. That's not going to really speak as much as if you say, "I studied abroad in Italy and I saw people who homeless people who were begging, and I wanted to see what their laws stood for for that, and I took a really big interest in it, and I wanted to see what the differences between Italian law and U.S. American law, and figure out how we can help cope with the homeless problem and give them access to resources, and that's where my passion lies." So, just an example that you want to give more context and stories to yourself. And it makes it a little bit easier to talk about your experiences when you're talking about those experiences in comparison to kind of your core values and your
1: passion. Gotcha. Well, thank you for that. Um, I I know that I didn't study abroad. So is there perhaps another example that maybe not sorority, maybe not study abroad, where it's a little bit more sc- smaller scale and the person can kind of explain that experience and how it relates to law school. I'm not sure exactly where, where to stem from that. But otherwise, I'm thinking like, because I know that that can sometimes tie into like financial obligations and stuff right. like that, where those opportunities aren't across the board. But essentially, I'm trying to like reach out to those that kind of don't have that option.
2: Absolutely. So for example, I worked at Subway (laughs) when I was in high school and in college. I didn't have the finances to really pull off a lot of different things over the summer, but I was a key supervisor. So what that meant is that I got to close up Subway every night and open it up when I had those shifts. So you can talk about how those experiences shaped who you are. So for example, having the responsibility at the age of, 16 or 17 of being able to open and close a business was a pretty big deal. And being able to use those experiences to talk about how you manage other people within the, within your workspace or how someone's story within your workspace really impacted you. Maybe they came from a different background. Maybe you learned a lot about their background and found similarities and differences. And you realize that maybe it comes into minimum wage argument. So maybe you can make that kind of perspective of it as well. Everything that we do in our life shapes us in some way. Right. Um, and it, your personal statement is your opportunity to tell us what has had the biggest impact in shaping you and what's making you want to come to law school and why, what do you want us to know about you and why we should accept you into our law school. So you can use any, any story, any background, as long as it's genuine, don't tell us what you think we want to hear because right. trust me, there's no, I, if I tell each person the same thing that I want to hear in a personal statement. We're going to get a million of the same personal statements. <laughs> right.
1: Copy, so, copy, copy. Yeah. Yes, exactly.
2: So we definitely want you to be genuine and true to yourself. That always speaks more volumes than someone who's trying to write to us and tell us how great of a school we are, which is always nice to plug in. It makes our right. viewers a little bit happy, but it doesn't need to be your entire personal statement. It needs to just be one line if you decide to do that.
1: For sure. For sure. Well, I can really see kind of working in, especially if there's an option for minimum wage and stuff like that for, so for those that perhaps want to pursue business law and have some frustration with kind of how HR laws are at the time mm-hmm. or where you live for North Carolina. I know I think the minimum wage is like 725 and that, that, that kind of translates across the country as a small number in, in some areas. So for sure, I could see that being something that's easily talked about, but still relative to um, a law school experience. So what, Keep co- keeping on kind of the application cycle, and we're, t- we're talking about jobs, we're talking about studying abroad, we're talking about clubs, is there any extracurricular activities that kind of just stand out as being super like relative to law school, and again, this isn't something that you want to plug in if you're not actually a part of, but just to include those experiences within the body of the mission essay, or do you think that should probably be left exclusive not exclusively but probably more primarily focused on the resume section of an application kind of just separating because i know that was something i struggled with was like well do i want to expand here or there yeah
2: that's a great question um so your personal statement again is just for you to tell us who you are so if those experiences had an impact on you, talk about them in your, in your personal statement. If it's just that you were involved in these multiple different clubs, you were president, treasurer, all of those different things, just keep them in your resume. We're gonna see your resume. We really do deep dive into every single thing in your application. And I think that you'll find with most law schools, when they say a holistic review process, it really is holistic. My reviewers are very intense. And they will look through, they will comb your application from beginning to end. So even if you think that we're not going to see it, if you right. it in the very bottom of your resume, trust me, we
1: will. And we'll take all of that under consideration. Great. Yeah. There's, so there's a spotlight for everything. And it's really right. just depends on where you think it shaped you as a person exactly. to kind of highlight with kind of big, bold uh, sections there. So on that note, there's obviously some things you want to leave out. And we talked a little bit about that. Like, don't tell us what you think you want us to hear. Are there any other things that you're just like, absolutely don't include? Separate that. If you want to include it as part of your application as a whole, put it in A, B, or C. Because it's not it's not necessary to have it in your personal statement or application essay.
2: Another phenomenal question. <laughs> so there, you, you can hear a lot of different things from a lot of different admissions counselors and people within different law schools about people who have really personal difficult stories. So sexual assault stories, things like that. And you'll hear different things from different people about whether or not to include it. Some reviewers and some schools think it's too much information. We don't we don't need to know that. Some reviewers just kind of think that this is way too deep of a dive in a person. Our, my reviewers and Campbell Law School, you know, we'll take whatever you give us. So if that is part of your story and what makes you up, feel free to talk about it. You can go into as much detail as you want to, or you can go into detail as little as you want. But I think those kind of questions are a little bit more difficult. They're a little bit more of a gray area into how to direct someone to talk about them. So it's that's one of those things where you're going to hear some people say, don't do that. I'm never going to tell you not to do anything other than spell check. Please.
1: <laughs> right, right.
2: Spell check and check, double check your grammar. We all have the autocorrect in our mind. I actually just missed something earlier today that, you know, when you read through something over and over and over again, you end up missing little details because your mind is autocorrecting.
1: Oh, absolutely. I know that. I I think I got mine and I was like, how did they let me in? There's one yeah. right here. <laughs> I see it now. And I was so excited. So I didn't Yeah, I I mean, and probably get other people to look at it, too, because your eyes are going to become cloudy as you try to write this and and get every important little point that makes you a person included in any type of like one page (laughs) type of canvas of who you are. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's
2: definitely get people to look over it for grammar and comprehension and things like that, but don't let them change what it is, right, um, because if you have a mom or dad or brother or sister look over it, they may think that you should be saying something else because it's what they've heard. Don't change substantive unless it's not making sense. Stick to, stick to your core.
1: I, I like that. And I, I'm sure there's... Probably families that think they have their absolute best interest for you and want to and they're the braggarts for you, right? So they're they're going to work and they talk about how great of a person you are and, oh, be sure to include that you were the the mediator of your sister and brother. And and yeah, for sure. Mom, maybe another time, but probably not appropriate for right here. (laughs) But that experience is relevant and definitely shaped who I was, especially in the hierarchy of the family, but maybe not something to include on the law school (laughs) application. Exactly. Okay, so I know this the kind of varies across different campuses and different law schools. Is there an ideal time to send in your application? Because I've had experiences both ways. I know people that wait to the absolute last minute, and I'm like, oh, that's scary. But, and then there's those that put it in so early that they were stressing about it for, and it allows right. them to consume kind of their entire life. Like, am I getting in? Am I getting in? Is there a time that you think this is the safest time to go? And we'll see it and you don't have to worry like hands off from then. That's what you've got. Yeah. So our
2: regular admission deadline is May 1st. Uh, So the closer you get to May, the riskier it becomes because we also have a competitive scholarship deadline of March 15th. And usually people who are really ready and really want to get that scholarship money are going to have most of their applications in by then. So it gets a little little bit more complicated and more competitive the closer we get to that deadline. After May 1st, it gets even more competitive because May 1st is also our seat deposit deadline for other students who have already been admitted. So we generally have a better idea of what our class is shaping to be. So, of course, the old saying the earlier, the better is definitely the way to go, but we operate on rolling admissions. So if you apply in November, you're going to get a decision four to six weeks, maybe maybe closer to the seven because of Christmas break, mm-hmm. but we try to stick to that four to six week, week window. If you apply, generally, I would recommend kind of January, February, because as a student, you'll have a break from school. You can really, you can go home, you can have somebody look at your personal statement, review it for all of those checks we just talked about. And you have the really time, you really have that time to sit down and look at your application and make sure that it has everything that you wanted to have because of that Christmas break. And then if you submit it in January, you're still very early in the process, January, February, and the earlier you submit it, the earlier you have options. So once you get your decisions back, you can start exploring schools in different ways to do campus visits sit in on classes, all of those different options. So it just depends on you personally how you think you're gonna operate best. If you are one of those people who has to be busy all the time to really be high functioning, I am one of those, so I can admit <laughs> that. It may be better for you to try to do it in October. Right. Um, if you're one of the people, one of those people who you have to have very type A set schedule for everything, then it may be better to work on it and get it in by January.
1: Well, for sure. And it allows you kind of more time, I think, to even almost do a mock one. So you're sure you got everything, all your ducks in a row. Right. And then you have that time to kind of proofread and go over and over of your stuff. Exactly. Because then you get every T-cross and I-dotted. But kind of retroactively then from that point, because the LSAT's part of the application. And it right. might not be how to write a great essay. But I think that it is important to have an idea of when to take it because I have people asking me and I'm like, I, I don't want to be the advice giver on this. I'm a 2L and it's tough. But right. <laughs> but I know I took it more than once, the LSAT. And I think it, it kind of impacted my application cycle for right. sure, because if you take it towards the end of December, then you're not going to want to retake it in order to get it on an application as early as possible. So right. what would be your advice kind of on how many times and when do you think are appropriate times to take it?
2: Absolutely. So I get that question a lot. LSAC, the Law School Admissions Council, used to have a restriction on how many times you could take it. Um, the past couple years, they lifted that restriction. So people were taking it Tons of times. (laughs) And then this year they were actually re-implementing the rules of how many and putting a stop on how many times you can take it within certain time periods. Oh, wow. So I believe it is now three times within two years. Um, And I think that should be good. Like, I, I don't think you should take it any more than three times because what happens is your score band gets smaller every time you take it. Right. So when your score band gets smaller, you get closer to your true score. So if you take it the first time cold and don't study for it and didn't realize how hard it was actually going to be, y'all, this happens to everybody, Mm -hmm. that may have an impact on that score band in a negative way. So you wanna make sure that you're actually prepared for it when you take it. The other good thing is that LSAC is also offering the LSAT seven times a year instead of the four, which is great. Yes, absolutely. plenty of opportunities to take it. With that being said, you know, you can kind of set your schedule where you want it. So I recommend students try to take it the summer before their senior year. Roger. Okay. Again, because you're out of school. So it right. gives you, you're not having to juggle studying for the LSAT and studying for school most of the time, unless you're taking summer courses, studying abroad, working, whatever it may be. Right. Um, it kind of gives you some leeway. And there's a June and July test. So you have those options too. So if you take it in June and you think, oh, that wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. Right. You still have time to take it before the application cycle and you can take it when you feel like you need
1: to apply. And you stay out of kind of competing with your immediate classes then. And, and it doesn't even have to be finals. I mean, stre- stress applied at school, is it's part of the gig. So Absolutely. you're going to have... Those exams may, maybe midterm October and December and December definitely for finals and I know that was impacting me because I kind of got that information a little bit later and that's uh, to my own kind of research but it's not always talked about it's definitely not talked about I think across an undergraduate studies that right. if you want to go to law school you're kind of on your own until you reach out for that extra help because right. they're not that's not their focus their focus is to get you a job with the degree you have past that point, or at least just to get you to graduation. It's not, right. it doesn't always extend past that point. So yes, I definitely had to reach out in my, in, in my experience and I took it twice and they were at very stressful times. And, and And my improvement was one point, everybody, like it doesn't always include this giant outlier scale, but I mean, who I've talked to that one point matters. So don't feel like you've wasted your time studying, redoing it, giving it another go and like putting yourself through those hours of giving it multiple tries because that one point can put you over a tipping edge And and you'd feel better in that, okay, I didn't do any worse. And if you give yourself enough time, even if you do do worse, you're able to like kind of make up for that and, and know definitely that what you did right and what you did wrong. So summer before your senior year fall, essentially. Okay. Yes.
2: And I took it twice and
1: got the exact same score, so. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel better. Yes. But, but, but for sure, I was reading all of this information. There's vast amounts of information mm-hmm. about how to apply to law school, and nothing looks the same, or it all looks the same, depending on where you're looking as right. far as the application cycle goes. I was told, like, between... One in five points was going to be your scale as far as that improvement or or if you fall back. And then after three times, like you said, it's kind of the idea of where you're going to land. You're not right. going to go too far and there's not going to be super outliers unless you just have a really bad like testing experience. So for sure. Okay, well, better to be prepared, but be sure to leave your time kind of available for multiple taking. And then still right. include that in your plan for applications because... Of the competitive scholarships and stuff like that, and that's right. another thing that I didn't know so much my uh, my during my application is because. I mean, that information's available but not it's not talked about. It's almost like a little secret. That that's important. So if you wanna apply and you know you're gonna want financial assistance, I mean everybody probably does, but and your school offers, make sure that deadline almost pre it right. like your application deadline because that's gonna be important and really shape how you're gonna apply.
2: But Absolutely. And that one point can make all the difference in scholarship too. It could be the difference gotcha. between a five thousand dollar scholarship or a ten thousand dollar scholarship. You never know what a difference one point can make in that LSAT. Wow,
1: great. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. So finally, in furtherance of Campbell University's mission statement, which is leading with purpose, what does that phrase mean to you? So this is such an interesting question, and I love it. Leading with
2: purpose. I think what's great about that statement is that it means something different to every person within the university. So for me, leading with purpose is a charge to me to lead my admissions team, lead all of our incoming students, prospective students, admitted students, lead them into finding their purpose, getting them in the door, letting them figure out what they're passionate about. It also kind of charges to me and. Branching out in our community and getting people engaged and wanting to go to law school. So I'm a first gen student. I'm a first gen law student and there I didn't have any attorneys in my family. I didn't know anything about any of this. So trust in that you are not alone if you are out there. But I think coming from that background makes me try to think about how to help others see and get a passion for law. So there's law touches us every single day in all different ways, as I'm sure you know, as you're learning. Um, (laughs) More than you
1: want to know, actually.
2: Way more than you want to know. But helping people in the community understand that um, law isn't what you see on TV. It's not how to get away with murder. I love that show. But (laughs) it's not like that. It's not like Scandal. Or law and order things like that <laughs> uh, but it's it's actually way more vast than you can ever imagine and I think my purpose is trying to bring in the community and get them passionate about law um, not necessarily because part of my job is recruiting students right I mean that's innate in my right job description but I do really love the law and I love law school and it's I'm very different than most people Um <laughs>
1: But not not in company here. It seems to be kind of the consensus of those in the halls like, oh, my gosh, the law is the best. Yeah. But
2: But I, I kind of view that as my charge to really, really bring people together and see that the law is so much more than what you think it is. And I I do that kind of with a passion. I really love my job. I'm very lucky to have it. I love being able to talk to students and kind of see their flames ignite within their passion and seeing their journey this whole time. I mean, I remember Shannon when I gave her a tour, so <laughs> it's it's a very rewarding experience for me as well. And I think that statement can just be changed into so many different forms, depending on who you are within the school. So as a student, as a faculty member, as a professor, as a um, staff member in all of these different roles, you can have an impact. It just, it's your decision to decide what that impact means to you.
1: Absolutely. I think I speak for everyone here at Campbell. Let's see you're leading with purpose every day and really appreciate all the thank hard work you. you put into just giving us anything, all the tools that you know at your disposal for us to do well. And I think it's definitely something that we all uh, see and, and, and get to experience firsthand. So I do thank you so much for oh, that. Thank you. And yeah, absolutely. So otherwise we're done. And I really thank you for coming on and, and talking with us about this. For those that are applying, it's going to be tough, but you're going to get through it make a planner, get a schedule, yes. and then try, try to just be yourself on a piece of paper because that's all they really want. And, right. and don't be afraid to show how excited you are as right. for anything that's law related because there's so many people that have no idea what kind of law they want to practice. You exactly. don't have to like zero in on any one thing. And there's people that do that. I mean, I think I'm one, one person that knows exactly what kind of law I wanted to practice, but now I got to get all of that kind of wrapped up in this great big package before I, I go out into the world. But I know so many of my classmates who are just, I want to figure it out. Yeah, And you get to. And it, and it's it's a fun experience. It's a tough experience. It's a challenging experience. But mm-hmm. you find out more about yourself through that experience and to get your foot in the door. Here, here are some tips for that. And I hope you cool. guys have a great time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank yeah. you for joining me again, Morgan. And yeah, happy hump tape to those <laughs> on Wednesday for when this episode is released. And never...
2: Feel like you can't reach out to somebody. Admissions people are always here for you no matter what, even if you don't want to go to our school. (laughs) Right. Although you do.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Campbell Law Reporter Podcast. We look forward to you joining us every other Wednesday at 7 a.m. for a new episode, which can be accessed through your preferred podcasting listening platform.